Hi friends, I'm Andrew Elliott, and you're listening to The Wine Record with Chris Record. And you're probably wondering, if you've ever heard me do anything in the past, what am I doing on a podcast about wine? Well, I used to do radio, 20 years of it, in fact, back in Canada and around the world. Uh, I did radio in Mongolia, I did radio in Vancouver, I've done radio from Turkey, Costa Rica, you name it. Uh, I've been around the block South Africa as well, but I happen to find myself now living in Kingston, Jamaica, and that's where I met my friend Chris Record, who is uh, just so happens to be one of Jamaica's foremost sommeliers. Hey, Chris, how you doing, man? I am doing fantastic. And, you know, I have discussions with my friends around this term, a sommelier. Okay. A sommelier is a sommelier when you're practicing a restaurant. So I would say that I am a wine nerd. I'm a wine enthusiast. I'm a wine aficionado. But today, because yes. we're not serving in a restaurant, um, technically, am I a sommelier today? Mm, well, maybe, because we're actually pouring wines. There you go. So what's a half a, you're a sum without the Olier. Yes. Yeah. This, this is a lot of fun. We, we got together and your background, uh, mine's media, yours is uh, the tech industry, but also uh, as a writer. And you wrote a wine column in The Observer for over a decade on wine. So tech guy by day and wine guy by night. So I told people, you know, here's my day job. I, I do IT tech stuff, cybersecurity. And here's my night job, you know, going out, uh, selling wines, having wine events, um, helping people to choose wines, helping them to understand what they like, why they like it, uh, what not to like. So yeah, it's uh, been a fun journey. That's the day split that Bruce Wayne actually wanted. (laughs) Tech guy by day, wine guy by night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Saving Gotham one glass at a time. Oh, and maybe we can save Kingston one glass at a time. There Ah, you go. I love that. That's the byline. (laughs) Saving Kingston one glass at a time. One of the things that we talked about before we, we sat down to actually record this uh, this podcast was that one of the things you wanted to do over the course of your tenure when you were writing articles for The Observer on wine was to try every bottle available on the island. So when I moved back from South Florida, uh, which is where I actually got the whole wine bug, um, a friend of mine that I work with was a wine collector and I absolutely knew nothing about wine. And so, you know, I ended up looking around you living in florida you're like okay you know there must be some course or some way to learn about wine here and i ended up signing up with the uh, johnson wales university and they had a partnership with an organization called the u.s sommeliers association and so i i got involved in that organization signed up did a course uh, the foundation sommelier course and that's when the wine bug hit because in that course, I ended up tasting 300 plus wines over the course of, I think it was maybe two to three months. Okay. So we had classes like uh, two, three times a week. Plus there were ad hoc times when we met up with, you know, with all the folks and we got trained by master sommeliers and masters of wine um, over the course of that period. And that's when I realized that this world is huge. This is a massive, this is just, I've never, you know, knew nothing about it before and, 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 and got, you know, uh, got a wine bug. Then I started uh, because I, I, I lived up in, let's call it uh, in the Fort Lauderdale uh, Western area mm-hmm. and my office was down in Miami. You pass about four or five you know, cities and I found all the wine shops, all the wine wine club type places. And I signed up with everyone. Okay. And <laughs> so on the way home, yeah. almost every evening, I'd stop somewhere to, to, to attend some tasting. Sounds like the best commute ever. The best commute <laughs> ever. It was massively interesting because... When you're living in a foreign country and you, you have a certain, let's call it a certain, you know, geography of, 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 of regions where you hang out with, you know, your friends. And, you know, most of my friends were Jamaicans, you know, folks from the Caribbean. And then entering this world was 
just the, the, the doors were kicked open. I ended up uh, meeting a whole new set of people who have never, you know, knew, knew these guys from Adam. And you build all these song, you know, long, solid, strong relationships with, with all these wine folks. And, and then when I moved back to Jamaica, kind of realized that, okay, we're not doing anything here. I mean, whilst in Jamaica had about, at the time, might have been four or five you know, importers. You know, now 2023, I think the last time I counted um, before COVID, I know we had about 13 wine importers. Okay. The three or four of them are, are super strong, massive marketing, but we do have our own. You know, we have over 10 wine importers now. Not too sure how most of these guys fare during COVID. So yeah, so all of that stuff kind of came around and, um, you know, ended up, you know, doing, working with the Observer uh, for a period, had a wine column going on for a while. And um, so that was how the foundation high level of the journey. And I went knocking on every door for every importer and that kind of became some sort of a, hey, is it possible for us to taste all the wines that are imported and sold in this country? All right. So here we are, and I get to be part of this journey with you because I'm very excited to travel the island, um, you know, bottle to bottle. Because, <laughs> you know, and, and it's very interesting. We talk about 13 potential uh, wine importers. Certainly, we've got a few strong ones here on the island, but I come from Ontario, Canada, and we have a hedge money there. There's one monopoly on booze importation. It's the Liquor Control Board of Ontario. Uh, That's the government, right? It's the government. Oh, And wow. it is okay, the yes. number one largest liquor purchaser on the planet. Wow. So it's a totally different ball game. Yes. And there are pros and cons to all of this. Of course. So I'm very excited to see what uh, the island can get and what eventually maybe we can probably uh, pair some Jamaican food with some of the wine that's available on the island because, you know, what's wine without its, uh, its yeah. companion, yeah. right? So, okay. You talked to one of the major producer, one of the major importers here. We've got some wines in front of us. Uh, the journey begins with journey this begins glass. Now. Yeah, exactly. Okay, what are so, we looking at? so this week, I I made some calls, sent some WhatsApp messages, and um, my friends at CPJ responded saying, "Hey, Chris, no problem. Here, are two bottles, and we got a bottle of Sterling Vintners Collection Chardonnay and Sterling Vintners Collection Pinot Noir. So both of these uh, wines uh, are from California. Uh, the producer is is in California." That's what we're going to start out tasting today. And um, they, we've opened both of them. So the Chardonnay is in front of us. So mm -hmm. when I started this whole wine journey in Jamaica, um, just, you know, opening bottles and tasting was one thing. What I came to realize that as part of my whole education, trying to share my passion with people, you know, get them to understand, okay, let's not just open the wine and pour it down your throat. Um, okay. Let's All just... Right. Let's, let's go through some of the steps. College now. kids, take heed. <laughs> and, and, and I'm not trying to turn everybody into a sommelier and, you know, let's taste like a sommelier. But it's just to understand that there is a process to tasting wines. All right, what do we got here? We're going to taste the, um, the Chardonnay first. Okay. And of course, we take a look and usually take up small, you know, I always tell people, pause and just look at the wine. Now, this is best when we have three or four glasses in front of you so you can actually compare and contrast a Chardonnay, a Sauvignon Blanc, uh, a Riesling or Moscato or Pinot Grigio, something very light. And you see the difference when everything is sitting beside each other. So we have one wine in front of us now. So it's kind of hard to compare, but just kind of look at it. It's very, it's, it's, it's light yellow. It's more gold. It's, it's straw. It's more straw color than anything else. So the next thing after taking a look to see how the wine looks is, is, is to smell it. In, in the industry, we say you nose the wine. Of course, you know, in the industry, we've all kind of fancy ways of saying these things, mm -hmm. but we're just kind of smelling the wine. We're kind of getting a feel of the aroma. The most information that you get from wine is actually from the nose. Okay. Right? 
because for those of us who listened in biology class, we can only actually taste, you know, you know initially it was four things. When I, when I learned that you can taste a fifth thing, but we can smell, you know, hundreds and, and, and a trained person can go up to thousands. Okay. So majority of what, the experience of drinking wine is actually the smell. So after taking a look, we, you know, we take a nose. So let's take our nose in a glass and you take a nice big, either one big inhale or two or three, you know, close inhales. So it's okay. kind of like, you know, and we kind of analyze what that means. Now, depending on how cold the wine is, right. And depending on um, how long you had it open, it's going to affect how it smells. It's also going to affect how it tastes. Okay. Right. So if the wine was in the freezer or in the refrigerator for a very long time, then you pour it and start to drink it, you're going to miss out on a lot of the characteristics of that nose and of that palate. But if you allow the temperature to come, uh, you know, go up a bit mm -hmm. and it starts to kind of now be able to um, express itself, let me use that term, sure. then you get a little bit more from it. So on the nose here, we're getting, yeah, we're getting some, we're getting some, some, some tropical fruits. We're getting some. Typically with Chardonnay, there's a characteristic that you kind of look for in Chardonnay. So again, when we're in wine school, all experts teaching us about wine, there are some there are some things that you look for that are very characteristic to certain grapes. All right. And you kind of, over the time, over the years of just smelling certain wines, you just kind of look for it. Uh, we're not having any Riesling today, but one of these are the dead giveaways for Riesling. And it sounds bad to say so, but it's, it's, it almost smells like petroleum. It smells sure. like gas. Yeah. Right? So it smells one way, but tastes a totally different way. And there are many, many grape varietals that taste like that. So over the course of us doing this, we're, we're, we're going to experience it some. But this here is typical. We're having a, a really typical, nice uh, California Chardonnay. On the nose, I said, you know, you know, light American apple kind of smell, some pear. So one of the things I also try to do in some of the classes that I'm doing, I actually cut up fruits. Okay. And have people smell a fruit in a glass. So when they smell the wine, I'm like, did anything kind of connect? Mm -hmm. So that's the whole kind of giving, uh, uh, you know, giving people a little bit of head start on that experience so they can know that certain things smell like certain things. Now, what I had to explain to people the first couple of times, I didn't realize that people assume this. I'm like, no, nobody added pear or nobody cut up apples and added it in the grapes. Oh, it's okay. just the chemical the same thing that makes a grape smell like a grape or right. that makes an apple smell like an apple. It's just that chemical compound that's also in the wine and it gives that same um, experience of smelling that fruit. Okay. So because wine doesn't technically have its own language per se, mm. we have to speak about other things that everybody understands. So you, you compare it with fruits. Okay. Compare it to a lot of foods that you like. Fundamentally, we're getting the things that we'd be looking for in a Chardonnay right. with this Chardonnay. Right, because okay. it's very typical. And again, it's right. a term I use in, in the wine industry. This Chardonnay is showing typicity. Okay. It's showing typicity of a, of a, of a basic, uh, or, or basic plus California Chardonnay. So let's taste. I like it. So again, we're tasting wine. Yeah. You can just do what we'll you put did the a while ago. We'll put the sound effects. Put the sound effects in later. <laughs> we can do. <laughs> we can just taste it. Yeah. Like it, don't like it. Yeah. Or you can do a deep taste, right? Yeah. I mean, that's my made-up word. It's not a technical word. I just. Say, I like it, <laughs> right? So you 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 put the wine in your mouth. You swish it around a bit, and you yeah. you kind of get it all over your, your 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 sides of your mouth, the top of your you know the roof of your you mouth, coat, everything. You coat the mouth. You in coat the, the wine. complete mouth okay. to just get the full feel of the wine. Okay. And so. 
you have a feeling around, let's call it the weight of the wine. In the wine, technical term is the body. Is it a light wine? Is it a medium wine? Or is it a full body wine? No. What's this? This is not light and watery. No, it's right. not. Exactly. This is a medium to full body. I'll probably lean to full body wine. So, so something also happens with, 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 with more uh, sophisticated wines. When you taste it at first, you, you have that feeling that, hey, it tastes good. Does the taste disappear immediately or does it linger a bit? Mm-hmm. So that's something we call the finish. Okay. Right? Is it a, a short finish, a medium finish, or it's a long finish? So, okay. so we taste again. How long did the, the taste linger in your mouth for? Right? I'd call this a medium finish. I'll tend to agree with you. You know, it's, it has, That's the first and last time we're going to agree on this show. <laughs> it, it, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it, it's a decent finish. I mean, it's, you know, as I said, you know, the, 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 the techie wine people are going to talk about the, the length of the finish and they get all geeky about that. We like or don't like. I like this wine. Okay. Right? Yeah, right. I do too. It's got, uh, you know, for, for somebody who's uh, very entry level on the, on the wine drinking world. I mean, I've, I've been drinking for a long time. Right. Um, we don't need to talk about how old I am, but it's fine. <laughs> um, I like it. It's got, it's got what I'm looking for. Like you're saying, it's got those apple notes. Um, and it's got, you know, like kind of a little peppery, uh, in there as well. And, um, I really like the the finish and the mouthfeel. I'm, I, I like Chardonnays and you, mm-hmm. I, I you find I discovered and this is only in relation to my wife, uh, is that she has become one of uh, those people that they call the ABCs, anything but Chardonnay. And Very interesting you say yeah. that because my wife is not a Chardonnay lover either. Okay. Right. And that may have uh, been because some of the wines that we had tasted when we were living in North America and when we came back, those American Chardonnays at that time were very heavy oaked. Okay. And, you know, she wasn't a, a massive fan of oak and white wines. No, a fair amount of producers are doing a better job of, um, of balancing. balancing out their oak or some people just reducing it altogether. So this one is very light oak. So I think if I pour this for her, she would actually like this. So um, I like. Now, if we're going to score this wine, so by yeah. the, in the wine world, there's a whole nother thing about scoring wine. So should um, we develop our own scoring system? I think we should. So okay. one day on one of these episodes, we should actually create the system on the show. Okay. Deal. So, But if we're just kind of saying between one and five right now, just from your casual taste, what would you give it? This is a three, five for me. It's about w- where I'm sitting. Yeah. Yeah. I'd probably say three. Yeah. yeah okay. I'd probably say three with this. Okay. So are we so, going to do the red wine next or sure. not? Uh, let's take a quick pause. This is the wine record. I'm Andrew Elliott with Chris Record. And uh, we just finished drinking the Sterling Vintners Collection Chardonnay, the 2019. No, Andrew, we finished tasting it. We didn't drink it. Oh, I have so much to learn. <laughs> we'll be back in a moment. All right. And we are back. I'm Andrew Elliott with Chris Record. This is The Wine Record, where we uh, talk about wine. And uh, we are exploring over the course of this show all of the wines that are available on the island. We're going to try anyway. We're going to try. Yeah, We're going to try. Know, I mean, it's a it's a Herculean task, but hell, someone's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it, man. Come on. <laughs> okay, Chris, before this, uh, we had the uh, Sterling Vintners Collection Chardonnay. We tasted that. Uh, gave it uh, a three-ish out of right. five. We haven't right. decided what the actual rating system is, but we'll come to that. We're sticking with the, uh, s- uh, with the same winemaker for this next wine, right? So we're going to do the Pinot Noir. Again, it's a California Pinot Noir. And, and what it kind of sort of loosely means is that the grapes come from all over California. So, you know, Sterling went out and they just bought grapes from whoever and they brought it into their, into their winery and then produced the grape. So, so some people 
pulling wines from very specific uh, vineyards and all of that. So this just says California AVA on the bottle. So yeah. that means the wines are coming from California. So okay, let's take a usual. Let's take a look at it. When I'm looking at wines, red wines, I typically, can I see through it mm -hmm. all the way? Can I see through it from the edge down to the center? Or can I, can I just see through it from the edges? So this one, I, I can see from the edge almost to the center. So it's not as light as some um, Pinot Noirs. There are some Pinot Noirs are some of the light wines, right. like a Beaujolais. When you, when you hold it against and look through, you're seeing, you're seeing through the entire thing. Right. So this is indicating to us so far that it's a, a light to medium, maybe even a medium Pinot Noir. Now, okay. Pinot Noir is typically a light body grape. So let's see what happens when we now, um, you know, take a nose and then take a taste. So having smelled and tasted a pile of Pinot Noirs in my life, this is showing general nice uh, California Pinot Noir typicity. Okay. So on the nose, we're getting light red fruit. You know, some people say, oh, oh I'm getting grapes. All right, good. I'm getting grapes. <laughs> grapes. <laughs> but, yeah. but you're kind of getting, you know, your, your, your typical uh, light red fruit. On the nose, you know, not getting too technical today with and it's all first. Now I want to try another wine not made out of grapes and say I'm getting grapes. Well, like, guess what? We actually have wines in Jamaica that are made out of uh, fruit. We have wines that are made from pineapple, from mango. We have wines made from almost all the fruits I know there's Jamaica, a papaya wine. And there is papaya. Yeah. And there is aki. Aki wine? Yes, there's aki right. wine. So we got to get some Jamaican wines in here, man. We got to try some of those. I'm getting grapes. No, I'm getting... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm getting uh, plum... I'm getting current and I'm definitely getting, uh, you know, jammy, but not too jammy. You know, there's the, those, those red jam fruits and maybe a bit of stewed fruit too. Maybe that's the plum part that I'm getting, but not, not like overpowering, you know, those, just those things exist there. It's also, I think I'm getting the alcohol on the nose, which means this has got to be, I feel like it's over 13%. And let me just take a look at the bottle here. It's like 14, 14.4. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, I kind of okay. sort of picked up that burn on the okay. nose when I, you know, when I, when I, when I smell the wine. Is that unusual for a Pinot to have that kind of alcohol volume? My knee jerk would be to say yes, because typically uh, um, a Pinot Noir is a light up style of wine. However, producers have been kind of going, not crazy, but they've been experimenting with all kinds of stuff to kind of make their wines more interesting. Okay. So yeah, when I did take a peep online to see what people are talking about this wine, most people said they liked it because it was a heavier than normal Pinot Noir. So okay. it kind of gave me a hint as to what was to come. So All right, let now me, that you told me that, no, I understand. Let me take a taste. Yeah, it definitely tastes more um, forest floor. As uh, my friends uh, used to say, if it tastes like dirt, Andrew likes it. So, <laughs> so I do understand. I do have a friend of mine that also is, so we're getting, and, and, and in a future episode, we're going to talk about old world versus new world. Mm. And, um, you know, most new wine drinkers prefer new world wines because they're made more fruit forward, mm -hmm. while uh, old world styles of wines are made more with a sense of place in mind. They're trying to get you to taste where the wine is from versus just a grape varietal. Right. So that kind of leads they're, to what they're, was they're, said. Rev they're evoking something as opposed to, you know, just telling you exactly what it is. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Got to read between the lines. Look, it's an intellectual thing. Apart from just being, you know, gastronomic, it's, a, it's been just culinary. Just, yeah, we need to think. You okay. Know, it, you know, if you want to. Right? <laughs> That's the nice part. You bought the bottle. You think as much as you want to. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I want to thank um, CPJ um, for providing this wine. You know, the Vitna's collection, Pinot Noir, and the Vitna's collection, Chardonnay, both from Sterling Vineyards, our California. The Pinot Noir 2020, the Chardonnay 2019, 
We'll give it thumbs up. I mean, both of them, I think. Um, so if we were to come with our score yeah. of five being orgasmic, we would fly to the moon to get a bottle uh, versus uh, one being like, hell no, throw it outside. Uh, where are you with this wine? So I was three and a half with the Chardonnay. Yep. I'm going to be closer to three on this one. And really it's the alcohol content that's, and maybe if we let it sit longer, but we've had it open for a while, yep. Yep. it would evaporate a little bit more, but I, I find it too too boozy, honestly. Okay. I'm okay with it. Um, I probably, I think the last time I actually said three, so I'm actually going to flip on you this time. Oh, all right. I'm going to go a little bit more because I actually like when the wine has a little bit of oomph to it. I don't mind this little oomph, although it's not. It's not showing as much typicity on the palate, right? Okay. But on the nose, it was. Okay. So again, would I buy a bottle of this wine? Yes, I would. Yeah. Um, would I buy a whole case? Uh, maybe I'll buy three bottles, you know? Okay. So, so and on that note, what did these, these retail for, what did we say? So I was told um, by the importer that on the shelf, it's approximately maybe between three, nine to 4,000 plus GCT okay. uh, a bottle. So okay. that's kind of where the, where the price is. For, for what I've seen on the shelves here in Jamaica, and we'll discover so much more as we taste as much as we can on the island, I'd say that's probably fair to pay for, for these bottles for sure. Yeah, I think so too. All right. Well, that is it for our very first episode of The Wine Record. I'm Andrew Elliott with Chris Record. Thanks so much for joining us. More to come. Fantastic stuff. 